The Accidental Adventures of Bernie the Banana Slug, Book Two. Prologue. When we last saw Bernie and his friends, they were leaving the meeting place in search of Bernie's home in the strawberry patch in Mrs. McIntyre's garden. Their adventure continues in Book Two. Part One. The Fellowship Rests. On their first day of travel, Bernie the banana slug, Mona the purple-banded snail, Reggie the tree frog, and Jerry the chickadee spiraled out from somewhere in the woods in search of Bernie's home in the strawberry patch. They travelled a long way that first day. The sun was setting and Bernie and Mona had decided they would slither into a moss-covered hole near the edge of a large rock and rest for the night. Reggie, a small green tree frog, leapt up into a nearby tree, while Jerry, the chickadee, could not decide. In the end, he plopped down in front of the hole near Bernie and Mona. The night was cool, and Bernie contracted into a smooth ball of slug right beside Mona. He was invisible against the moss. Jerry, puffed up into a gigantic ball of feathers. He was cheeping in his sleep. This woke Bernie, and he slithered out to look at the sky. His antenna swept the cool night air. He smiled to himself. He had friends, and he was going home. He returned to the hole and drifted off to sleep. Part 2 New Friends at sunrise, Bernie's antenna caught a sharp smell of something he did not recognize. At the same time, Jerry started to cheep loudly and jump up and down. Bernie's eye caught something skitter by as Jerry leapt into the air, wings flapping madly. He flew up into the air and landed on a branch in the tree overhanging their resting place. It just so happened to be the same branch that Reggie the tree frog had decided to spend the night. Reggie opened one eye and said, Oh, so you can fly. He opened the other eye. You need to fly somewhere else. This is my branch. He took a hop forward. Now shoo, you silly bird. Jerry gripped the branch. He was not going to let go, no matter how much Reggie tried to shoo him. He cheeped. Cheep, cheep, cheep. Reggie hopped down to where Bernie was sitting. By this time, Mona had woken. She stared up at Jerry, clutching the tree branch, as if his life depended on it. What happened? she asked. Bernie shrugged. She turned to Reggie. Her expression was rather accusing. Reggie, did you do something? He jumped up and down. Me, I did nothing. I was minding my own business, trying to sleep, when that bird landed right beside me. It appears he can fly after all, said Bernie. I tried to shoo him off my branch, but he just held on tighter and started cheeping. They all looked up at Jerry, sitting on the branch above them. 
They could hear him cheeping. Cheep, cheep, cheep. Not wanting to yell, Mona spoke to Reggie. Go up and ask him what the problem is, and don't frighten him any more than he already is. Reggie turned reluctantly and muttered to himself, Oh, I knew we should have left him behind. He jumped and was beside Jerry in three hops. He looked down at the slug and the snail and saw something move. He croaked. That was the warning, and Mona slipped into her shell and clamped herself to the ground. Bernie contracted into the tightest ball of slug he could manage. Reggie closed his eyes. He did not want to see whatever was going to happen next. The silence was only broken by Jerry cheeping softly on the branch above them. Cheep, cheep, cheep. They all heard a loud voice call out over the cheeps. Hey, everyone, apologize. I didn't mean to frighten y'all. A four-legged creature darted out from behind a rock at the edge of the small clearing. He looked a little like Reggie, but his colouring was brown with small orange bumps on his back. He had a very long tail. I do apologise. I saw you all resting and I didn't want to disturb you. Sorry for scaring... He glanced up at Jerry perched on the branch, cheeping. Whatever that is. Mona took charge and slithered up to the creature. Who and what are you and what do you want? She demanded. I'm a newt it said and raised its head proudly. Tiracha grandulosa. <laughs> Quite a mouthful. I'm a rough-skinned newt. That answers the first question. What do you want? continued Mona. Nary a thing except company. Don't have too many friends, explained the newt. And why's that? asked Bernie. Reggie butted in, because he drops in in the middle of the night and scares innocent creatures half to death. The newt's tail flicked back and forth. No, much worse. See all these orange bumps, he said, and indicated his bumpy skin. You never want to touch me there. Those bumps are poisonous. The entire group stared at the newt's skin. I know it's not the best thing for making new friends, but y'all just can't touch me. We can still be friends. What's your name? asked Bernie. The newt grinned. Ralphie. My mama gave me that moniker. Moniker? What does that mean? asked Reggie. Name. That's my name. I was just wondering what y'all up to. Mona looked at Bernie, and Bernie spoke. We are a fellowship. We are all looking for my home. I'm trying to find my way home, and my friends are helping me. Reggie butted in. He has promised us something called a strawberry. That's why we're helping him. 
Reggie, we're helping Bernie because he's our friend, stated Mona bluntly. Yeah, that too. Can I help? I know my way around this wood. I can help, pleaded Ralphie. Part 3 Jerry Can Fly Suddenly there was a loud squawk. There's something on the branch. It's coming towards me. Help! cried Jerry from the branch above. Everyone stared up. Before anyone could answer, Jerry squealed again, leapt off the branch, and madly flapped his wings. He did not really fly, but he did not really fall either. He just fluttered to the ground. Mona grinned. Hey, Jerry, you can fly. You flew up to the branch, and you flew down again. Well done. Jerry's fear vanished with the compliments Mona gave him. Something small and black was crawling along the branch. It frightened me. Reggie started to laugh and was about to make fun of Jerry when Mona cleared her throat with a loud, <coughs> Reggie looked at her and stopped. Sorry, that was some great flying, Jerry. You want to show me what you saw on the branch? Fly up there and show me. Jerry fluttered his wings, and to the surprise of everyone, he flew up to the branch and landed gingerly on one end. The branch bounced up and down. Reggie leapt up to the branch. He pointed at something going up the tree. That's an ant. You were frightened by an ant. They're harmless. Jerry was no longer listening. Reggie, I flew. Reggie, I flew up here. Reggie, Reggie, I can fly. Did you see me fly? Did you? He fluttered his wings and lifted off the branch. As he came down, his claw caught the branch, and he tumbled over and started to fall. But before he travelled very far, his wings opened and he flew down to the ground and landed beside Bernie, Mona, and Ralphie. Jerry squawked. I can fly. Did you see me fly? Mona, Bernie, I flew. I can fly. I can really fly, he said, and he fluttered his wings and he rose up a little from the ground. Ralphie spoke. I'm not sure what you are, partner, but congratulations on flying. He turned to Mona. He assumed she was the leader of the fellowship. Mind if I join you? I know these woods pretty well. I might be able to help. I could sure use the company. You talk funny, I'll have you know. I know these woods too, and I'm not sure we want someone with poisonous skin in our fellowship. I'm sure Mona agrees with me, said Reggie flatly. Mona turned her head from side to side. No, Reggie, I think Ralphie can join us. No one's going to get poisoned. And anyway, I think that might come in handy. Your skin is poisonous to protect you. Am I right? You got it. Most predators avoid me, said Ralphie. If they avoid you and you are with us, they will also avoid us, said Bernie. Everyone nodded their heads in agreement.
Then it's settled, said Mona. Welcome to our little group. Jerry had not listened to the conversation. I can fly, I can fly, I can fly, he repeated over and over to himself. Let's be on our way, said Mona. She waved her antenna in the morning air and slithered off, followed by Bernie, Ralphie and Reggie. Jerry fluttered above them all. Part 4 The Kestrel They travelled all morning without stop. The first person to grumble was Bernie. I'm, I'm a little hungry, he said. Maybe we could stop soon. I need something to eat. Oh, I see a patch of mushrooms under the tree. Bernie and I will have a nibble, said Mona. I do not know what the rest of you eat. Don't you worry about me, darling. If there are shrooms there, there will also be flies and grubs. I think that will satisfy the rest of us. What do you think, Reggie? asked Ralphie. Reggie had already jumped up into the nearby tree and flicked his tongue out at a flying insect that happened by, and Jerry was scratching at the ground and pecking at something or other. Bernie nibbled at the edge of an open mushroom. The gills were his favourite part. They were tender and tasty. The morning was bright and sunny. He was thinking of getting into the shade when something blocked the sun for a moment. A shadow swooped over the ground. He looked up to see a bird with claws extended heading right for Reggie. Reggie was focused on his next meal crawling on a nearby leaf. He did not see the bird, but Jerry did, and he flew up cheeping frantically. He was trying to warn Reggie of the attack. The kestrel saw Jerry fluttering up. Reggie saw Jerry and he also saw the sparrowhawk's claws just inches away. He was alerted by Reggie's cheeping, which also distracted the hawk. That gave him time to leap into the protection of the leaves. The attacking bird swooped up and circled. He was looking for that delicious bright green frog, but that meal was gone. He circled lower, and he saw the rest of the fellowship staring up at him. The hawk swooped even lower. Both Bernie and Mona cringed, for it was too late to hide. Ralphie climbed up on the nearest stump and displayed his poisonous orange back. He yelled at the circling hawk, Come and get some of this if you dare. The hawk dipped down to see the creature that was daring him. As soon as he saw the poisonous newt, he called out, Scree! Scree! and flew away. Silence fell. It was broken by a soft kirikik from the leaves, and then Jerry landed. That was a nasty bird. It had huge claws, but I scared him away. Mona slithered up. He was not nasty. He was just trying to make a living just like us, she corrected. But I'm glad we did not become his dinner. Now, everyone, relax.
There was another kick from above, and then Reggie hopped down. That was a close one, he said. Then he flicked his tongue out. A large fly was stuck on the end. He munched. Part 5 The Artist They were soon on their way again, with Mona in the lead, slowly curving outward in a spiral. Suddenly Mona stopped. Everyone stopped behind her except Jerry. He was off practicing flying. What is that? asked Mona. In front of her was an odd tower-shaped object made of various sized tree cones sticking out at different angles. Some were fir and others were pine. They were stuck together with the pitch that oozed from the stem of the cones. At the very top was a small object that seemed to catch the light and send rainbows out in all directions. <gasps> wow, said Bernie. I've never seen anything like that before. His eyes on the end of his antenna looked in opposite directions. The rainbows were all around them. Kirikik, croaked Reggie softly. Gee willikers, that's purty, said Ralphie. I ain't seen nothing like that before. Everyone stared. The silence was broken by someone coming down the path and humming a tune. The tune got louder, and they all looked in anticipation. No one was afraid. They were still in awe of the rainbow structure, and the song was relaxing. A rather chubby black mouse came around the corner. He stopped in his tracks, and he eyed the fellowship. He spoke to himself. Hmm, my, my, what a collection of creatures. I wonder what they're doing. He stepped forward, stood in front of the structure, and held his arms as if to protect it. Please mind my installation. It still needs a few finishing touches. Installation, said Bernie with a puzzled tone. What's an installation? The mouse stepped to the side, pointed at the structure and bowed. That is my latest installation. He paused with a big smile on his face. Let me introduce myself. My name is Bottobelli. Sandro Bottobelli. I am an artist. Do you like? You made that? asked Reggie. He jumped up and down, nearly bumping into the structure. Be careful. I want it to last at least a day. Others might like to see it before some oaf knocks it over said Bottobelli. I was just trying to see that shiny thing on the top that's making all the rainbows, replied Reggie. What is it? Ah, that that's called a prism. A crow stole it from some human and hid it in his nest. I was looking for some eggs and I figured it would make a perfect addition to my installation, so I relieved him of it. Crows steal all sorts of stuff they don't need. 
So you stole it, said Mona matter-of-factly. I wouldn't put it that way. I figured it needed to be appreciated by everyone, and what better way than to display it on one of my art pieces? He picked up the cone he had dropped and applied the oozing sap to the joints in the sculpture. Where are you off to? he asked nonchalantly. Just then, a little wind came up and the prism on top of the sculpture tumbled down and landed at Botabelli's feet. Oh, rats, he cursed. I will never get it back on the top now. He bent down and picked up the prism. Just then, Jerry fluttered down and landed right beside the group. Hi, guys, what you doing? Botabelli stared at Jerry. Hey, you're a bird, right? Uh, would you consider helping me out? Jerry looked down at the ground and cheeped. Mona slithered up to him. Jerry, this is our new friend Bottobelli. I think he wants you to fly up and put something on the top of that sculpture. Jerry looked up and stared at Bottobelli. Bottobelli spoke. Any chance you could fly up and put this prism back on top? The wind blew it off. Jerry cheeped and jumped up and down. I'm guessing that's a yes. Botabelli smeared some sap from a pine cone on the bottom of the prism and Jerry flew up and set it on the top of the installation. Everyone clapped as Jerry lit to the ground. If chickadees could beam with pride, then Jerry was beaming. Well, we must be on our way, said Mona. Where are you off to? asked Botabelli. Mona and Bernie told him about their adventures and that they were headed in a spiral to the strawberry patch in Mrs. McIntyre's garden where Bernie lived. They hoped that the strawberries would be red and ripe when they got there. Hmm, <laughs> strawberries, eh? They sound delicious, he looked around. Well... I know these woods pretty well, and it looks like you're all headed in the wrong direction. Oh, that doesn't matter, said Mona. We will get there eventually. Eventually might be a very long time. I can show you how to go straight there, said Botabelli. He continued. See that very tall tree in the distance? Head in that direction and keep it on your right. Are you sure? asked Bernie. Positive. If you can't see the tree for some reason, just head in the direction of the rising sun. That's east. The entire fellowship looked at him with puzzled faces. East is where the sun comes up. Got that? Jerry fluttered up and down, cheeping. Oh, come with us, come with us. Sorry, can't. I have another installation to finish using a bunch of acorn caps I found under the big oak. Thanks again for the help with the prism. With that, he turned and waddled off. The fellowship headed in the direction of the giant tree. Ralphie scuttled to the front. I'll scout out the path. You never know what danger may lurk ahead. I'll follow up in the trees. I can spot danger before you, said Reggie, as if it were now a competition.
Mona shook her head. Bernie smiled at the thought of getting home sooner. His mouth was filled with the taste of a ripe red strawberry as he slithered behind. End of Book Two In Book Three, Bernie meets some new friends and has some exciting adventures before reaching the strawberry patch in Mrs. McIntyre's garden.